Chapter Four of Genji Monogatari. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Genji Monogatari by Murasaki Shikibu, translated by Suyematsu Kenshio. Chapter Four, Evening Glory, Part Two. The midnight passed, and the wind blew louder rushing amongst the branches of the old pines and making them moan more and more sadly the cries of strange weird birds were heard probably the shrieks of the ill-omened screech-owl and the place seemed more and more remote from all human sympathy genji could only helplessly repeat how could i have chosen such a retreat while ukon quite dismayed cried pitifully at his side to him it seemed even that this girl might become ill might die the light of the lamp flickered and burnt dim each side of the walls seemed to his alarmed sight to present numberless openings one after another where the demon might rush in and the sound of mysterious footsteps seemed approaching along the deserted passages behind him ah were koremitsu but here was the only thought of genji but it would seem that koremitsu was from home and the time genji had to wait for him seemed an age at last the crowing cocks announced the coming day and gave him new courage he said to himself i must now admit this to be a punishment for all my inconsiderateness however secretly we strive to conceal our faults eventually they are discovered first of all what might not my father think and then the general public and what a subject for scandal the story of my escapades will become koremitsu now arrived and all at once the courage with which genji had fought against calamity gave way and he burst into tears and then slowly spoke here a sad and singular event has happened i cannot explain to you why for such sudden afflictions prayers i believe are the only resource for this reason i wished your brother to accompany you here he returned to his monastery only yesterday replied koremitsu but tell me what has happened any unusual event to the girl she is dead returned genji in a broken voice dead without any apparent cause koremitsu like the prince was but young if he had greater experience he would have been more serviceable to genji indeed they both were equally perplexed to decide what were the best steps to be taken under the trying circumstances of the case at last koremitz said if the steward should learn this strange misfortune it might be awkward as to the man himself he might be relied on but his family who probably would not be so discreet might hear of the matter it would therefore be better to quit this place at once but where can we find a spot where there are fewer observers than here replied genji that is true suppose the old lodgings of the deceased no there are too many people there i think a mountain convent would be better because there they are accustomed to receive the dead within their walls so that matters can be more easily concealed and after a little reflection he continued there is a nun whom i know living in a mountain convent in higashiyama let us take the corpse there she was my father's nurse she is living there in strict seclusion that is the best plan i can think of 
this proposal was decided on and the carriage was summoned presuming that genji would not like to carry the dead body in his arms korimitz covered it with a mantle and lifted it into the carriage over the features of the dead maiden a charming calmness was still spread unlike what usually happens there being nothing repulsive her wavy hair fell outside the mantle and her small mouth still parted wore a faint smile the sight distressed both the eyes and heart of genji he fain would have followed the body but this koremitz would not permit do take my horse and ride back to nijo at once he said and ordered the horse for him then taking ukon away in the same carriage with the dead he girding up his dress followed it on foot it was by no means a pleasant task for koremitz but he put up with it cheerfully genji sunk in apathy now rode back to nijio he was greatly fatigued and looked pale the people of the mansion noticed his sad and haggard appearance genji said nothing but hurried straight away to his own private apartment why did i not go with her he still vainly exclaimed what would she think of me were she to return to life and these thoughts affected him so deeply that he became ill his head ached his pulse beat high and his body burned with fever the sun rose high but he did not leave his couch his domestics were all perplexed rice gruel was served up to him but he would not touch it the news of his indisposition soon found its way out of the mansion and in no time a messenger arrived from the imperial palace to make inquiries his brother-in-law also came but genji only allowed tono chujo to enter his room saying to him my aged nurse has been ill since last may and has been tonsured and received consecration it was perhaps from this sacrifice that at one time she became better but lately she has had a relapse and is again very bad i was advised to visit her moreover she was always most kind to me and if she had died without seeing me it would have pained her so i went to see her at this time a servant of her house who had been ill died suddenly being rendered unclean by this event i am passing the time privately besides since the morning i have become ill evidently the effects of cold by the by you must excuse me receiving you in this way well sir replied tono chiujo i will represent these circumstances to his majesty your absence last night has given much inquietude to the emperor he caused inquiries to be made for you everywhere and his humour was not very good and thereupon tono chiujo took his leave thinking as he went what sort of uncleanness can this really be i cannot put perfect faith in what he tells me little did tono chiujo imagine that the dead one was no other than his own long-lost tokonatsu in the evening came koremitsu from the mountain and was secretly introduced though all general visitors were kept excluded on the pretext of the uncleanness what has become of her cried genji passionately when he saw him is she really gone her end has come replied koremitsu in a tone of sadness and we must not keep the dead too long to-morrow we will place her in the grave to-morrow is a good day i know a faithful old priest i have consulted with him how to arrange all and what has become of ukon asked genji how does she bear it 
that is indeed a question she was really deeply affected and she foolishly said i will die with my mistress she was actually going to throw herself headlong from the cliff but i warned i advised i consoled her and she became more pacified the state of her feelings may be easily conceived i am myself not less deeply wounded than she i do not even know what might become of myself why do you grieve so uselessly every uncertainty is the result of a certainty there is nothing in this world really to be lamented if you do not wish the public to know anything of this matter i koremitsu will manage it i also am aware that everything is fated still i am deeply sorry to have brought this misfortune on this poor girl by my own inconsiderate rashness the only thing i have now to ask you is to keep these events in the dark do not mention them to any one nay not even to your mother even from the priests to whom it must necessarily be known i will conceal the reality replied koremitsu do manage all this most skilfully why of course i shall manage it as secretly as possible cried koremitsu and he was about to take his departure but genji stopped him i must see her once more said genji sorrowfully i will go with you to behold her before she is lost to my sight forever and he insisted on accompanying him koremitsu however did not at all approve of this project but his resistance gave way to the earnest desire of genji and he said if you think so much about it i cannot help it let us hasten then and return before the night be far advanced you shall have my horse to ride genji rose and dressed himself in the ordinary plain style he usually adopted for his private expeditions and started away with one confidential servant besides koremitsu they crossed the river kamo the torches carried before them burning dimly they passed the gloomy cemetery of toribeno and at last reached the convent it was a rude wooden building and adjoining was a small buddha hall through whose walls votive tapers mysteriously twinkled within nothing but the faint sound of a female's voice repeating prayers was to be heard outside and around the evening services in the surrounding temples were all finished and all nature was in silent repose in the direction of kiyomitsu alone some scattered lights studying the dark scene betrayed human habitations they entered genji's heart was beating fast with emotion he saw ukon reclining beside a screen with her back to the lamp he did not speak to her but proceeded straight to the body and gently drew aside the mantle which covered its face it still wore a look of tranquil calmness no change had yet attacked the features he took the cold hand in his own crying out as he did so do let me hear thy voice once more why have you left me thus bereaved but the silence of death was unbroken he then half sobbing began to talk with ukon and invited her to come to his mansion and help to console him but koremitsu now admonished him to consider that time was passing quickly on this genji threw a long sad farewell glance at the face of the dead and rose to depart he was so feeble and powerless that he could not mount his horse without the help of koremitsu the countenance of the dead girl floated ever before his sight 
with the look she wore when living and it seemed as if he were being led on by some mysterious influence the banks of the river kamo were reached when genji found himself too weak to support himself on horseback and so dismounted i am afraid he exclaimed i shall not be able to reach home koremitsu was a little alarmed if i had only been firm he thought and had prevented this journey i should not have exposed him to such a trial he descended to the river and bathing his hands offered up a prayer to kwanon of kiyomitsu and again assisted genji to mount who struggled to recover his energy and managed somehow to return to nijio praying in silence as he rode along the people of the mansion entertained grave apprehensions about him and not unnaturally seeing he had been unusually restless for some days and had become suddenly ill since the day before and they could never understand what urgency had called him out on that evening genji now lay down on his couch fatigued and exhausted and continued in the same state for some days when he became quite weak the emperor was greatly concerned as was also sadaijin numerous prayers were offered and exorcisms performed everywhere in his behalf all with the most careful zeal the public was afraid he was too beautiful to live long the only solace he had at this time was ukon he had sent for her and made her stay in his mansion and whenever he felt better he had her near him and conversed with her about her dead mistress in the meantime it might have been the result of his own energetic efforts to realize the ardent hopes of the emperor and his father-in-law that his condition became better after a heavy trial of some three weeks and towards the end of september he became convalescent he now felt as though he had been restored to the world to which he had formerly belonged he was however still thin and weak and for consolation still resorted to talk with ukon how strange he said to her as they were conversing together one fine autumn evening why did she not reveal to me all her past life if she had but known how deeply i loved her she might have been a little more frank with me ah no replied ukon she would not intentionally have concealed anything from you but it was i imagine more because she had no choice you at first conducted yourself in such a mysterious manner and she on her part regarded her acquaintance with you as something like a dream that was the cause of her reticence what a useless reticence it was exclaimed genji i was not so frank as perhaps i ought to have been but you may be sure that made no difference in my affection towards her only you must remember there is my father the emperor besides many others whose vigilant admonitions i am bound to respect that was the reason why i had to be careful nevertheless my love to your mistress was singularly deep too deep perhaps to last long do tell me now all you know about her i do not see any reason why you should conceal it i have carefully ordered the weekly requiem for the dead but tell me in whose behalf it is and what was her origin i have no intention of concealing anything from you why should i i only thought it would be blamable if one should reveal after death what another had thought best to reserve replied ukon her parents died when she was a mere girl her father was called samichujo 
and loved her very dearly he was always aspiring to better his position and wore out his life in the struggle after his death she was left helpless and poor she was however by chance introduced to tono chujo when he was still shio and not chujo during three years they kept on very good terms and he was very kind to her but some wind or other attacks every fair flower and in the autumn of last year she received a fearful menace from the house of udaijin to whose daughter as you know tono chujo is married poor girl she was terrified at this she knew not what to do and hid herself with her nurse in an obscure part of the capital it was not a very agreeable place and she was about removing to a certain mountain hamlet but as its celestial direction was closed this year she was still hesitating and while matters were in this state you appeared on the scene to do her justice she had no thought of wandering from one to another but circumstances often make things appear as if we did so she was by nature extremely reserved so that she did not like to speak out her feelings to others but rather suffered in silence by herself this perhaps you also have noticed then it was so after all she was the tokonatsu of tono chujo thought genji and now it also transpired that all that koremitsu had stated about tono chujo's visiting her at the yugao house was a pure invention suggested by a slight acquaintance with the girl's previous history the chujo told me once said genji that she had a little one was there any such yes she had one in the spring of the year before last a girl a nice child replied ukon where is she now asked genji perhaps you will bring her to me some day i should like to have her with me as a memento of her mother i should not mind mentioning it to her father but if i did so i must reveal the whole sad story of her mother's fate and this would not be advisable at present however i do not see any harm if i were to bring her up as my daughter you might manage it somehow without my name being mentioned to any one concerned that would be a great happiness for the child exclaimed ukon delighted i do not much appreciate her being brought up where she is Well i will do so only let us wait for some better chance for the present be discreet yes of course i cannot yet take any steps toward that object we must not unfurl our sails before the storm is completely over the foliage of the ground touched with autumnal tints was beginning to fade and the sounds of insects mushi were growing faint and both genji and ukon were absorbed by the sad charm of the scene as they meditated they heard doves cooing among the bamboo woods to genji it brought back the cries of that strange bird which cry he had heard on that fearful night in rokijo and the subject recurred to his mind once more and he said to ukon how old was she nineteen and how came you to know her i was the daughter of her first nurse and a great favourite of her father's who brought me up with her and from that time i never left her when i come to think of those days i wonder how i can exist without her the poet says truly the deeper the love the more bitter the parting ah oh, how gentle and retiring she was how much i loved her that retiring and gentle temperament said genji gives far greater beauty to women than all beside 
for to have no natural pliability makes women utterly worthless the sky by this time became covered and the wind blew chilly genji gazed intently on it and hummed when we regard the clouds above our souls are filled with fond desire to me the smoke of my dead love seems rising from the funeral pyre the distant sound of the bleacher's hammer reached their ears and reminded him of the sound he had heard in the yugao's house he bade good-night to ukon and retired to rest humming as he went in the long nights of august and september on the forty-ninth day after the death of the yugao he went to the hokke hall in the hie mountain and there had a service for the dead performed with full ceremony and rich offerings the monk brother of koremitsu took every pains in its performance the composition of requiem prayers was made by genji himself and revised by a professor of literature one of his intimate friends he expressed in it the melancholy sentiment about the death of one whom he had dearly loved and whom he had yielded to buddha but who she was was not stated among the offerings there was a dress he took it up in his hands and sorrowfully murmured with tears to-day the dress she wore i fold together when shall i bright elysium's far-off shore this robe of hers again untie and the thought that the soul of the deceased might still be wandering and unsettled to that very day but that now the time had come when her final destiny would be decided made him pray for her more fervently so closed the sad event of yugao now genji was always thinking that he should wish to see his beloved in a dream the evening after his visit to the hokke hall he beheld her in his slumbers as he wished but at the same moment the terrible face of the woman that he had seen on that fearful evening in rokijo again appeared before him hence he concluded that the same mysterious being who tenanted that dreary mansion had taken advantage of his fears and had destroyed his beloved yugao a few words more about the house in which she had lived after her flight no communication had been sent to them even by ukon and they had no idea of where she had gone to the mistress of the house was a daughter of the nurse of yugao she with her two sisters lived there ukon was a stranger to them and they imagined that her being so was the reason of her sending no intelligence to them true they had entertained some suspicions about the gay prince and pressed koremitz to confide the truth to them but the latter as he had done before kept himself skilfully aloof they then thought she might have been seduced and carried off by some gallant son of a local governor who feared his intrigue might be discovered by tono chujo during these days kokimi of kinokami's house still used to come occasionally to genji but for some time past the latter had not sent any letter to sikeda when she heard of his illness she not unnaturally felt for him and also she had experienced a sort of disappointment in not seeing his writing for some time especially as the time of her departure for the country was approaching she therefore sent him a letter of inquiry with the following if long time passes slow away without a word from absent friend our fears no longer brook delay but must some kindly greeting send to this letter genji returned a kind answer and also the following this world to me did once appear like cicada's shell when cast away 
till words addressed by one so dear have taught my hopes a brighter day this was written with a trembling hand but still bearing nice traits and when it reached cicada and she saw that he had not yet forgotten past events and the scarf he had carried away she was partly amused and partly pleased it was about this time that the daughter of Ionokami was engaged to a certain kurando shioshio and he was her frequent visitor genji heard of this and without any intention of rivalry sent her the following by kokimi like the green reed that grows on high by river's brink our love has been and still my wandering thoughts will fly back to that quickly passing scene she was a little flattered by it and gave kokimi a reply as follows the slender reed that feels the wind that faintly stirs its humble leaf feels that too late it breathes its mind and only wakes a useless grief now the departure of ionokami was fixed for the beginning of october genji sent several parting presents to his wife and in addition to these some others consisting of beautiful combs fans nusa and the scarf he had carried away along with the following privately through kokimi i kept this pretty souvenir in hopes of meeting you again i send it back with many a tear since now alas such hope is vain there were many other minute details which i shall pass over as uninteresting to the reader genji's official messenger returned but her reply about the scarf was sent through kokimi when i behold the summer wings cicada-like i cast aside back to my heart fond memory springs and on my eyes a rising tide the day of the departure happened to be the commencement of the winter season an october shower fell lightly and the sky looked gloomy genji stood gazing upon it and hummed sad and weary autumn hours summer joys now passed away both departing dark the hours whither speeding who can say all these intrigues were safely kept in strict privacy and to have boldly written all particulars concerning them is to me a matter of pain so at first i intended to omit them but had i done so my history would have become like a fiction and the censure i should expect would be that i had done so intentionally because my hero was the son of an emperor but on the other hand if i am accused of too much loquacity i cannot help it End of chapter 4 part 2 recording by Maricel Quee